0: Either welcome to or welcome back to the Shift Control Podcast. My name is um, Paul McAnallen and I'm um really delighted to be able to bring you uh tonight's um podcast, which is a conversation with Park Howell, who is the driving force behind the business of story. Um Park has probably got one of the top three podcasts on marketing, storytelling, but importantly the power of storytelling in growing brands and making businesses successful. Um, You can get in touch with Park at businessofstory.com. That's his website, his podcasts are on iTunes. Um, I'm just really delighted that I have him as a guest tonight. Um, We were speaking um, at about half nine um, Belfast time and it was about one o'clock in Phoenix, Arizona. So I'm really thrilled um, to have Park on the show and I, I really hope you enjoy this. Okay, um, Park, really, really um, welcome to the show. It's a real honor and a privilege to get talking to you tonight. Well, Paul, thank you so much for being here. It's my honor. Um, So, it's nighttime where I am, and it's about early afternoon where you are.
1: Yeah, I'm out here in Phoenix, Arizona. It's starting to warm up. April, by the way, is my favorite month here in Arizona. You get Nice warm days, and for us, that's 90, 92 Fahrenheit. So I don't know, what is that Celsius? Is that like 30, 36, something?
0: Yeah, mid-30s, yeah.
1: Mid, mid-30s, mid and then the evenings get cool, the mornings are cool, and it's just fabulous. The only challenge is we know what's right around the corner, and that's 115 degrees.
0: Yeah, that's unpleasant. That's unpleasant, <laughs> yeah. We don't get any of that. We don't even get the mild stuff, or we don't get the extreme stuff. You get it's just very... It's very pleasant. It's cool today, and it's not raining, so that's a bonus. Yeah,
1: uh, well, it's great to hear. And you're in Belfast, is that right?
0: Yeah, um, in right in the middle of Belfast. Um, so um, working across Ireland, but in in a, in a Belfast that's kind of um, booming at the minute. You know, there's a lot of good things going on. There's a, a maybe a little bit of political uncertainty, but economically, the city has probably never been better positioned. There's a lot of good tech stuff going on. Um, So, yeah, the Belfast you might have been familiar with through the media is a different place today, thankfully.
1: I bet. I bet. Well, great to be here.
0: Yeah, listen, thank you. So so, um, I'm going to probably cut to the chase here. um, I've been really intrigued with your work um, going back quite some time now. So you're a brand storyteller. um, And if I cut to the chase, I'm going to ask you, what's your brand story?
1: what is my brand story business of story it you're absolutely right I've been in advertising and marketing for 30 plus years and I ran my own ad agency for 20 of those years in a very traditional ad agency and then moved into the digital realm like everybody else had but uh, about 5 years ago I just wasn't happy running an agency and I was looking for something more I was also in the throes of really studying story and how story could be used in business to make a difference because i was finding that the advertising work we were doing especially in the technology world um, realm and and online just wasn't working it wasn't pulling people in and i couldn't figure out why until our middle son went to film school in a place called chapman university in orange california just south of hollywood and he's been in hollywood ever since Uh, he graduated in 2010 has been in hollywood and i just said, when you're going to school there, send me your textbooks since I'm paying for them because I want to know what they're teaching you to be competitive in the most competitive storytelling market in the world, that'd be L.A. and Hollywood, and what could I learn from the best storytellers around that will work for me in the business realm? That's when I found uh, Joseph Campbell, The Hero's Journey, Mythology, and started applying that to the work we were doing in brand creation and brand strategy and created this hybrid of the hero's journey that I call the Story Cycle System. And I used it first as a science project with some of my brave and courageous clients. And we used it to approach their story, their brand story, as an author or screenwriter, might, versus a marketing tactician. And we launched with a couple brands. They had immediate success. One of them grew by over 300% over the first few years of this and the whole process just kind of took off. next thing I knew Arizona State University came calling. They said, "We really are fascinated with what you 're doing in the world of sustainability and social cause work around story." Would you write a curriculum for us? Which I did. I've never done that before. Um, I have since taught for the last four years an executive master's for sustainability leadership. I teach the communications track in that all about sustainable storytelling. And, Paul, I wound down my traditional ad agency at the beginning of 2016 focusing solely on the business of story. And what I do now is I work with brands around North America primarily, but I've been doing a little traveling overseas, Um, help them get their brand story straight for their enterprise and for their people. And I've also found this whole niche of entrepreneurs, solopreneurs that need to get their personal brand story straight to grow their influence. And my job now, my purpose of the business of story is to help people live into their most powerful stories. And that is helping them find their, their 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 personal passions that drive their professional pursuits. And when they do that, approach it in a story that they are the you know they are the protagonist in. But to create their story, because you know you think about it, all of life is just whatever story it is we're making up about it at the moment, and the stories we're telling ourselves. So if we can get very clear on the positive stories that we could be living in life and expressing through our brands it takes brand communication advertising marketing content marketing to a whole other level because now you are truly connecting with people on a very basal basic level and that's through the power of stories how we create meaning out of the chaos of being alive
0: and and that it's a really powerful way to differentiate um, your brand, or as an individual in a very cluttered marketplace i I, I wanted to um, take you back a little bit um, there park when you talked about mm-hmm. hollywood um, what, what got me into to your work was your uh, your podcasting work, which is just a, the, the content has been incredibly rich entertaining um very relevant and, and partly pioneering i i think as well um, I, it was It was Randy Olson. Um, I think it was now. Now that you, we spoke just before we went on air, I think it was the second interview you had with Randy Olson, um, uh, and his a the the book "Houston, We Have a Narrative," um, Donald Trump and the Election, and staying faithful to a very simple story, um, that really got me hooked on your work. Can you sort of pull that a little bit and and explain the relationship you have with with Randy?
1: Oh, absolutely. Now, Randy is one of the most fascinating people I've ever met. Here's a, a literally a Harvard-trained PhD biologist who gave up tenure, I believe, at the New Hampshire Oceanographic Institute through the University of New Hampshire to go to USC. He graduates from USC Film School, creates three uh, uh, documentaries uh, around global warming and climate change and that kind of thing, very much from a scientist now turned movie maker uh, standpoint. And he got fed up with how science was not doing a very good job of telling its story and sharing its brilliant insights with the rest of us. So he's written three books. The third that you just spoke about is Houston, We Have a Narrative, all about teaching scientists the power of story and how they can use it to be able to communicate their their great findings. Well what I love so much about Houston we have a narrative is he boils it down to this and but and therefore structure. And this structure's been around since the beginning of time. You know, Aristotle used it as stories have a beginning, a middle and an end, an and but and therefore. Um, Hegel the 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 great argumentist, the theorist said, you know, every argument is about thesis, antithesis, synthesis, which is story. And yeah. but and therefore, Spielberg is about everything has to have a setup, problem, resolution. Well. Randy gets this ABT idea from maybe the greatest philosopher of all, and that is Cartman from South Park. That's now, right. I don't know if you watch <laughs> South Park out there or not. Extraordinarily ir- yeah. um, irreverent cartoon here, been going on for years. I think it's now maybe the longest running show on TV, maybe second only to The Simpsons. But
0: yeah.
1: there's a, uh, a, a YouTube out there Trey Parker and Matt Stone called Six Days to Air. They review all the scripts before they go on. And if a script isn't working for them, they do something they call the rule of replacement that replace ands in the script, you know, as in, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened. They replace those ands with buts, and therefore, this happened, and this happened, but then this happened, therefore this happened, and then this happened, but therefore this happened, and, you know, and, and it's this rule of replacement that Randy saw, and he's like,
0: oh,
1: I get it. And he, then first put it in a book called Connection and then even more focus more on it in this book, Houston, We Have a Narrative. And I was fortunate to be in that book with him, too. And I said to him one day, I said, you know what the ABT really is, Randy? It's the DNA of story. Every story is based off of this. And he's just like, whoa, you're right. That's so he put that in and I'm proud to be a part of his book. But bringing it full circle back to the podcast that you're talking about, Randy was uh, consulting with the Democratic Party during the Hillary-Trump campaign and was working with James Carville and you know, a lot of the big dogs. And he kept telling the Hillary, Hillary uh, group that, look, you're going to lose this thing unless you really get your story better defined than Trump's got his. And they didn't listen to him. You know, they just were basing everything off of big data and micro-targeting, and it was so scientific that they did not have the human connection that Hillary needed to really take it over the top. Trump, on the other hand, did. And he used the ABT without even knowing that he used the ABT. As Randy would say, Trump has tremendous narrative intuition that probably has come out of his years of reality TV, years of being on the stage, of being a brander. And it wrote down to, you know, these three points in his overall story. America do you, do you think, used but, to be.
0: So what's that? Do you think that he did, he wasn't aware of it? Do you think that it just came that naturally to him?
1: I think, yeah, I think he has this intuition. He gets it. I don't know that he ever tore it apart or dissected it, but I think it works. And you look at some of the things that some of the techniques he used. So, for instance, this ABT, America used to be great. America is no longer great. I'm going to make America great again. Set up, problem, resolution. And he hammered it over and over and over again. And then he said, we're going to drain the swamp. We're going to build the wall. He had all these little catchphrases that he would then use to support his overall narrative story. I think he just knows it. I think he's the scary thing about it is, I think it just comes naturally to him. I had another guy on, uh, Leroy Ashby, who was a, a, a history, historic, history professor, one of mine back, back in the day when I went to college, who studied pop culture. And he compares Donald Trump to um, P.T. Barnum, you know, P.T. Barnum, the famous, famous uh, charlatan circus uh, guy here in America back in the 30s, 40s, 50s of 1830s, 40s, 50s. And he said they're essentially the same people doing the same thing hoodwinking po- publics both on either side of the aisle to get them to see it their way simply through this power of narrative and having this narrative intuition. So Randy came on the podcast you're talking about and dissected that for all of my listeners and say, this is why he won. This is why she lost simply because he had a better story.
0: It, it's, a, it's a very powerful um, story in itself, but it's quite a frightening one to to when you when you really, really drill into it and you think that um i remember reading in the book where um randy talks about the gettysburg address and that that lincoln used the same arc of the story for the most pro- arguably one of the most powerful presidential speeches of all time and trump is using the same technique to mm-hmm. help people you know it's quite it's quite scary Absolutely.
1: And I love that book. You talked about Houston, we have a narrative. I use it all the time. I teach at Arizona State University, a course on storytelling within the School of Sustainability there. And that is the very first book I have my students read, because you can use that ABT for everything. I call it the dumbbell of storytelling. Use it every day like a curling weight. And you'll become a stronger storyteller just simply by using this very, very basic foundational construct of the end button, therefore.
0: I want to go to your college. That sounds like an interesting uh, module to study for sure.
1: We would love to have you, you know, it's, it's both online and in person. So you can right. come out. Uh, we, we launched the program in January. You're here for three days meeting all of us and we take you through the program and then it's all online. We have students from throughout the world that do it. Um, then we meet up in Amsterdam the last week of June and work with companies like uh, Philips and KLM and KPN and a lot of big name brands out there. Um, and then we're back online for the rest of the year, graduate you out uh, 12 months later, and you're back in Tempe getting your cap and gown.
0: I, I, wish, I wish university was like that when I studied all those years ago. It would be so much more interesting, you know. It's fascinating <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah, it's fun. Just on, on one of the other, um, kind of staying with the Hollywood theme, but you, you've had Robert McKee on as a guest Um, on your podcast a number of times. Now for for the listeners that don't know who Robert McKee is, um, he's a bit of a Hollywood guru. Um, So I'm right in saying that he has taught over 100,000 actors, directors, screenwriters, and in the middle of all uh, that number, you've got hundreds of Oscar winners, Emmy winners. Um, He's a really interesting guy. He's set up this thing called Storynomics um, Park, right? So this is a seminar for business leaders and to help them fully understand the power of story and telling business. Um, that's very similar to your brand story workshop, right?
1: Yeah, we just approach it from different angles. He approaches it very much from his experience in Hollywood overlaid into business. I approach it from my experience as a brand strategist, brand creator overla- overlaid with Hollywood. And the interesting thing about Robert McKee, he has a very famous, legendary, if you will, four-day screenwriting course that he does twice a year in Hollywood. And he does it in New York and London and a few other places. And it's really extreme. It's so much fun. It's over in – the one I went to is in 2010 with our son, the filmmaker. I bought a, a, a membership for him or at his entrance for Christmas. And I said, look, it, you can go for film. I'm going as a marketer because I want to know what does Hollywood know about this that I could use – and, and McKee teaches this for four days, and it is absolutely fascinating. It takes you through just how do you create these stories, how do you approach it from a screenwriting standpoint, the highs and lows of a character arc, of a story arc, and all of these things. Well, after the very first one I went to, I reached out to him and let him know that before I had my podcast, I was just going to start creating a podcast, and I got an invitation to go out to his home in Connecticut. And went out there, spent the morning with him, recorded my very first podcast, which ended up just being a series of 10-minute interviews with Robert McKee, um, literally on his couch in his living room. And it was fantastic just to get to know the guy. So we did all of that, and then when I got Business of Story up and running, I told him I have this new podcast out now that has much greater reach. Would he like to be on it? And he's been on it twice, and he's just a character. He's kind of a you know that Knows this stuff inside and out, and he will be the first one to tell you if he thinks you're way off. Um, So, really fun shows having him on.
0: Yeah, he has an interesting sort of strap line to the Storyonomics where he talks, he says, um, Don't interrupt, entertain. Yes. Yeah,
1: and I'm a big believer in that, too. You know, we all buy with our hearts and we justify our purchases with our heads. So when was the last time, Paul, you bought anything because of the data? Nobody does. You buy it because of the drama. So entertain people, get them to engage with your content by being entertaining, educate them so you're leveling them up as you go, and then they'll buy in and do whatever you want them to do, basically, as long as you are providing value and service to them.
0: So, staying on that theme, if you talk about the brand story workshop and a lot of the content that you make available online, um, why would people why would people listening want to go and get get uh, samples of that? Why would they want to immerse themselves in that content park?
1: Well, what I hear, Paul, is the same frustration that I had before I dove into this, and then people tell me what I'm doing does not work. Uh, People are not coming to my website. I'm not converting enough people. I feel like I'm just another voice in the sea of voices. What can I do to stand out? And it's really interesting to me, Paul, that this technological realm of communication that we've created, that we can all be on 24-7 from our kitchen tables and reach out to Belfast and Melbourne and Hong Kong and anywhere, anywhere at a moment's notice, it has created such a cacophony of communication that um, what we say here is ADHD, you know, attention deficit disorder, yeah. is now a communicable disease and we're all the viruses. Yeah. But if you want to cut through that, an antidote, anecdote Anecdote. is the antidote i never get those two straight (laughs) Anecdote is the antidote and it's it's fascinating to me that literally the ancient and proven power of story and story structure how our minds are hardwired to make meaning out of the life through story is what people don't do and yet it's what they should be doing if they want to cut through the chaos of, of just being heard out
0: there and what sort of businesses are you currently working with that embrace this line of thinking?
1: You know, I work with a lot of professional services firms, um, those folks that aren't necessarily selling directly to customers, but they are selling to people in businesses. And they, in my experience, at least in America, are the ones that have the hardest time of uh, stop Prattling on about features and functions and get them to start thinking in story and story narrative and talking about the human impact and the events that they actually have in people's lives. That's what people want to hear about. They don't want to hear about how good you are at something. They want to know how good you can you make me at something.
0: So, yeah, so so um, there's a little bit of convergence here. So the work that I'm doing currently with companies in, in Dublin at, uh, at the minute is all about trying to reshape the thinking of the sales team. And the default response for the salesperson, uh, no matter how well trained they are in, in consultative selling, challenger selling, they always end up talking about features and benefits as if it's some kind of – um, that's the big story for them, is the features and and benefits – yet they they don't really consider outcomes. They don't uh, think about what, what it's like to live inside the mind of the buyer. They don't think from the perspective of the buyer. Um, and, and, and is that is that something that is just um, a really dated method of selling or are you finding that consistently uh, with the companies that you work with?
1: Yeah, it's funny. It's our default. I don't know why that is. Our default is to go back to features and functions that don't work in talking to people. And what I tell the brands that I work with, my listeners, your story is not about what you make, but what you make happen. So just the fact that you make a widget or you provide a particular service, that is just simply the vehicle in order for you to connect with your audiences and make something of significance happen in their lives.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That does make sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I've just taken a note of that, that quote because I'm going to use that again. That was really, uh, that's quite a strong statement that you've made there on that. Um, Park, I'm conscious of time. We've been speaking for for 20 minutes and um, I've got a few other questions for you. Um, One of the, I have to, a bit of disclosure here. Your podcasts are costing me a fortune in (laughs) books. Um and I'm
1: gonna tell How so you, I'm not you know, seeing any of that money.
0: Well we'll we'll, we'll fix that later, okay? So that, that's something that you've got to do. You've got to tell your story differently and more often and stop letting people tell their story because <laughs> Randy Randy Olsen's book, um and I'm not gonna get the pronunciation of this lady's name, Ardaf Alby. Yes,
1: you very good, Ardaf Albi. Okay, e
0: yep. marketing strategies and then um, Save the Cat by Blake Snyder. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think you were interviewing, Blake, but somebody had mentioned um, that this book is all about screenwriting. And I've been trying to incorporate a lot of that thinking into the work that that I'm doing. Um, But the the, the podcasts are incredibly interesting. I have to say that again. Um, Most recently, you broadcast from San Diego and the Social Media Marketing World uh, Expo. Um, What would you suggest are the next big things? that are, uh, are going to take the, the world by storm.
1: Yeah, what you hear over at Social Media Marketing World, and I heard it last year too, and it was just kind of underscored again this year, is live video, that um, this world we live in, although we are all remarkably connected, there's a huge amount of disconnect going on in people's lives In fact, I've got a guest coming on my show, Jordan Bauer, who is a Canadian. He's out of Vancouver, B.C. He'll be on in a few weeks, but he tells a story about his girlfriend who sends him a Dear John letter, or he actually finds it at home in the apartment they shared. She's not around. She's fallen in love with someone else. She's left. He's heartbroken, and he decides he's going to walk the length of the Pacific Coast from Seattle to Mexico, and he does. He spends about four and a half months walking, hiking 2,600 miles, and coming across thousands of people that invite him into into their lives. You know, it could be bums and hillbillies to Silicon Valley executives to surfer dudes to very accomplished people and he just got a chance to sit and chat with all of these folks And I asked him I said what was the one thing? What was the one thing that you heard throughout all of them? And he said, you know people are disconnected They feel lost they feel alone and I think that our world online like this has caused that and so when we think we're super uber connected and we go to the dopium, uh, 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 the the, the um what what am I trying to say? The neurotransmitter, not dopium, uh, the, 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 the neurotransmitters, they get us going um, when we're looking on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram to get that immediate gratification that somebody liked us. Yeah. There's such a shallowness to it that we feel disconnected and we feel disillusioned. So that's my long-winded way of saying live video is really taking off. Not only does SEO love it, you know, Facebook loves it, But your followers love it because they get at least a little bit of a taste of you. They see you in action real time with all your warts and foibles. Um, But there's a connection happening there. So that is what you're hearing is how can people be telling better stories, authentic stories, well told online um with live video and then repurposing that content and record it you know when you post it on youtube and instagram and other places that seems to be the thing that and snapchat for whatever reason i'm not still using snapchat but snapchat is a huge huge thing happening out
0: there so essentially the stories we tell get condensed and shortened and abridged until we're able to send what we want to say in 140 characters on Twitter or in 15 Mm -hmm. seconds on video. And that seems to be, um, what's keeping everybody going. I, I personally have a, you know, they all, all of the, the platforms and the technologies I feel fairly uncomfortable with because I know that the end game is not going to be a positive one for society. I think that that disconnection is probably going to be exacerbated over time and, um, it's about becoming more selective. Um, with what you, what you absorb through uh, in terms of media and in terms of other people's stories and uh, fake news etc cetera, etc cetera, and the constant mm-hmm. and incessant bombardment the 2000 plus times a day that brand messages are trying to communicate with you is going to become very overwhelming I think for most people that's the big challenge getting that balance right.
1: Yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly. And that word I was looking for was dopamine. Dopamine, (laughs) By the way, the dopamine pump that is social media gives us that immediate gratification, but it doesn't truly connect us with people. And that's really where the strength is, Paul. You know, we started our conversation actually online on Skype. We got a chance to see each other, meet each other, at least video-wise. Now we've jumped over to audio, but at least we have that connection that way. And I think that is what is... That, that, that's what works for brands. And I would really encourage your listeners to get out in front of people. Get out and have lunch and drinks and be there with them. Um, write handwritten thank you notes. Let's get back to this more human connection. And so much of our world is not going to change. We're gonna to have to be communicating online. So start infusing your communications with story because stories are what make us uniquely human. And they do a better job of connecting people in this world of just a bunch of likes going on
0: amen to that that's a that's a, a that takes us full circle um i am going to just close here part by saying one one final thank you and just the the power of podcast um I, I feel is is like the the very well connected cousin of radio that when you're listening to it, you feel that you're intruding on a, a really meaningful conversation, and the guests that you've had consistently on your podcasts and the way you engage with them um i found it very very rewarding and and enriching i've been telling loads of people to get onto your work and also to buy randy Olson's book because i think they'll just benefit from being aware of how of of the world of story that exists around them so listen from belfast thank you really really thank you so much for 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 coming on on the podcast and, and maybe we'll get chatting again at some point
1: well, Paul thank you so much for being here it's really, you know, truly an honor and I appreciate you reaching out across the great pond there and that uh, you and I can connect our two worlds together uh, specifically through the power of story
0: 100% thank you so much